Hello and welcome to Motorsport Now. My name is Jade Paveley and today's guest on the show is Nikki Grist. This is taken from the BBC feature that I did before Christmas about how Wales Rally GB has been affected by COVID and also how Welsh motorsport has been affected. Again, very on topic with motorsport now and essentially a very similar topic to the whole of my podcasts. Uh, it was great to interview Nikki. Um, I had met him before after a few glasses of wine at a car club dupe. It was actually really nice just to uh, have a chat with him properly. The initial part of the interview is for the BBC and what they're after, but then later on, Nikki does talk a little bit more freely. Um, I ask him about women in motorsport and uh, just about how everyone's having to cope with COVID and also the state of rallying and how it is. So give it a listen, let me know what you think, get in touch and follow me on my social media pages at Jade Paveley Motorsport. And if you want to join me on my journey once motorsport re-kicks off and again and actually starts properly uh, then please do get in touch about that again at Jade Paveley Motorsport. Without further ado here is Nikki Grist. Obviously Nikki you've been in motorsport for many many years mm-hmm. but have you ever experienced anything like 2020 before? No never never I mean it's been a question of trying to fit enough rallies into a season let alone trying to get rallies to actually compete with in a season it's been a very strange one. I don't think we're going to probably see anything like it again. But it doesn't matter. This year, there's been rallies. World Rally Championship has taken place, albeit only seven. But there's still World Championship rallies competing with the best drivers in the world and the best cars. So um, it's happened. Yes, it very much has happened. What about the grassroots of the sport? Do you think they'll recover as well, having had to stop so many events? That is a different thing. That's a different thing. I think if you're an elite event, then you've got more of an opportunity to be able to to, to compete um, and run events. But grassroots definitely has suffered in rallying. I mean, I've seen a definite downturn, um, not just in the events that have taken place. I've seen the downturn in the business. The rally, the rally side of things has slowed dramatically. Um, unless, I, I think we're learning all the time. The governing body had to learn. They had to go along with the guidelines of the government. Um, but there was ducking and diving to make events work. And we've ended up with some events at least. Um, but I think that really 2020 is a year that's been written off for most championships anyway. And I think let's just hope that 2021 with the, with the new vaccine will kickstart in earnest and we'll be back to normal again. And did you watch the Monza rally with Elvin and Scott Martin? I did. I watched it with very, with great interest. And unfortunately for um, Elvin, winning championships, it's not just about being fast. It's not just about being um, reliable, finishing events. You also need a big dose of luck. And I think that while he's gone through the year well enough, to end up with such a gruelling rally, which you'd normally have in Monte Carlo, let's say, at the start of the season, to have that as your last event when you're going to win a world championship, the pressure on Elvin just doubled, at least doubled. And I thought he did, to be honest, a superb job up to that point. 
And I think the accident could have happened to anybody going at the pace that he was going at that particular spot. But things have changed so much over the years. You know, there was once upon a time when I was competing in these kind of events, we'd have a situation where we'd choose the optimum tyre for that particular stage. So you'd always be well protected. But now with the single service areas where you have to do a batch of stages, um, one set of tyres you have to choose the optimum tyre to try and get you through all three stages so there was a big compromise there and when you're trying to compromise on such treacherous conditions things can happen and unfortunately it was just one of those things that Elvin got caught out by that a little bit with a with a winter tyre on the front and a set of wet tyres on the rear so and that's why he spun I presume just to explain a little bit to people watching at home that may not follow motorsport quite as closely, mm. could you just explain the conditions that Elvin was driving in and had to you know, make those, that choice for the right tyre and how important is it to get those right tyres for those kind of conditions? Well, yes. To get the best out of it, you really have to get the best tyre options to give you the best grip, which allows you to go much faster. In this case... Because there were three stages with differing conditions from one of the three, they had to make a compromise. A snow tyre would not work well on a dry, wet tarmac road. In turn, he had to have a certain element of snow tyres for braking and steering to get him through the stage that he went off on, which was obviously very snowy, very icy. So normally out of their six tyre options, he I think he took four wet tyres and two alpine tyres. I think it was the same for Sebastian Augier. So what they do, they compete on one stage, let's say, on the four wet tyres. So then for this particular snowy stage, then they'd stop. They take the front tyres off and put the winter tyres on the front, giving them more grip. But then he's got a compromise on the rear of the car because that's got far less grip than the front. Um, so he's now trying to go as fast as he possibly can and as safe as he possibly can against what was a six-time world champion on the same tyres behind him, you know, and the whole pressure of this situation is is pretty tough. And, it, and that's what probably a lot of people wouldn't understand is the pressure he was under. But, you know, he just, there was an icy patch and Augier said it would have caught him out that it just, set him offline and then when he turned in with the front the wet tires obviously on the rear let go and then he was down the bank and, and out of the rally and I, I really did feel sorry for him bitterly disappointed for him but that aside I thought he did a brilliant job you know and I think he's going to come out of this much stronger than he than he did going in and he will have learned a lot handling this kind of pressure you and Colin McRae had a very similar situation back in, I think it was 2001, mm -hmm. at Wales Rally GB. Mm -hmm. You had the championship that you could have won and didn't mm. quite get there. Mm. Do you feel that was a similar situation to Elvin and Scott? Yes, very much. Very much the same. You know, there was there was no escaping the last rally. This is it, do or die. Um, 2001, we were faced with slightly different road conditions. It was just a normal Welsh forest just pushed too hard, trying to gain too much time too soon in the rally, made a mistake and off we went and rolled into oblivion. 
it is very disappointing, but you bounce back from it very quickly. You know, it won't be long. Elvin will be back in a car testing again for Monte Carlo Rally. So, and Sweden and everything else, it, everything will start rolling again. This will, he'll soon forget all about this. You know, and I think his driving probably doesn't need to make any changes to his driving because he's driven brilliantly, you know, and he's driven conservatively when he's needed to, which will make him a great champion. But the one thing I think he'll probably learn more than anything else is handling pressure. You know, Sebastian Augier was not under any pressure at all. He's won six world championships. Did he need a seven? No. He was just doing what he needed to do. But Elvin, this is it. And you could see the tension in his face when he's driving. You could see that he was a bit more wound up. And it's understandable. It's understandable. You have touched on this, so sorry if I'm repeating a little bit. Mm -hmm. You've sat next to many championship winning drivers. Mm -hmm. They must have specific attributes. What stands out for you with Elvin? What makes him a champion in your eyes? I think what I see in Elvin is somebody like Juha Kankanen more than anything else. Juha was a wonderful tactician and he knew on his day if somebody was beating him, he knew exactly how hard he'd need to push to try and beat that guy. And he would accept second place. Unless he had to win, he would accept second place. He said, yep, yeah, this rally is his. We finish second, we'll get the points. And he would collect points. And he was very good at collecting points. And that's exactly what Elvin's done this year. He's been smart. When others have had retirements, he's always been there picking up points. But he's also won events as well. So I see a lot of Juha Kankanen in Elvin, which probably would mean that over a given period of 14 events, you know, he could be in very strong positions again in the future. And I have no doubt that he's going to be a world champion, especially with the car and the team that he's got. And, um, you know, he's very, he'll be very good at collecting points. You won the championship, the World Rally Championship with Juha Kankanen. Mm. What did that do for yourself and Juha afterwards? What did that give you? Well, actually, the World Championship for me, I finished second in the championship because I joined him, you know, part way into the year. But I was still was thrust into the pressure of it all. But that was Juha's fourth World Championship. And to be honest, you know, sat with somebody like Juha who was so laid back and, you know, it's just happening and everything was fine. You know, I didn't feel any pressure. But... Certainly when Hua won the championship, I was delighted because I kind of helped him along the way. And we won three rallies that year, um, culminating in a, a very tricky Wales Rally GB in the ice and snow. So, you know, it's, it's very exciting, invigorating, you know. And in many ways, I think when you're in an intense professional motorsport like that yes it comes you get a surge of 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 joy and then you kind of just settle down into just carrying on and working the way that you would do and and the next season starts very quickly for elvin it's within a week or two and he's back in the car again testing so you know things will move on and probably by the start of monte carlo he'll be raring to go again when i say wells ride gb what do you think of um, 
I think Wales particularly for the Welsh forests, because I think we have, you know, there are good forests in other parts of the UK, but I think in terms of character, Wales has a lot to give rallying and, and motorsport. You get tremendous character in the forests. Um, you know, it's not long straights and tight corners and tricky junctions like in Kielder, for instance. Here, it's long, sweeping, flowing corners. Corners that, you know, a lot of drivers can really get their teeth stuck into. And I think it's very enjoyable running in Wales, there's no doubt. And that is why, even at the national level, we have the greater majority of our forest events in the UK based in Wales. For Wales to hold the British round of the World Rally Championship, it's a brilliant opportunity. Mm -hmm. How important do you think it is for it to stay in Wales? Um, I think Wales has been, and the Welsh Government have been a tremendous supporter of the rally uh, over the last few years. Um, they've sponsored it, they've made it happen, and they've brought the best in the world to Wales. And I think that now, perhaps, and I think the Welsh Government feel the same, it's time for it to move on uh, to other areas. I think it's good for the team and the drivers. I think it's nice to have a change, something a bit exciting, some new stages, some new roads you've never seen before. Um, you know, and I think probably it's time for it to go elsewhere. But the problem you've got is it costs so much money to run these events and sponsor these events. And, you know, coming off the back of coronavirus and everything else, you know, how much money, how much spare money has governments got to plough into two or three million pound into a motorsport event? It, you know, it's, it's whether we have a rally in 2021 if not in Wales, where else? Who else can afford to do it? We don't know. But I think it is important that we have that and keep that relationship. Because that as a promoter, the promoter moves on. You know, he's got to have his money too. And, you know, if a country in Britain doesn't put the money in, then another country will find the money and, and steal the rally away from, from Britain, which will be a shame. And where do you think that leaves competitors in, in Wales? Do you think that Wales Road GB has inspired people to come for the sport? To be honest, I think we have quite a vibrant motorsport um, fraternity in Wales. I think it's quite strong. You know, that's self-evident when you look at all the social media stuff that, that is all coming out through road rallying, stage rallying, tarmac rallying. You know, there's a lot of motorsport in Wales. This is... This is where it's at, really. Um, Motorsport UK certainly put their, their own sort of twist on things, helping competitors in specific academies. There's a co-driver academy that I'm involved in, um, driver academies and everything else. So I think there is always something to inspire a young competitor. The fact we haven't got a round of the World Championship, I think, doesn't really matter. Where do you think it should go if it doesn't go to Wales? Oh, that's a difficult one. I think it would be nice to keep it in the forest, but it seems at the moment that, you know, with negotiations, it's going to go to Northern Ireland at the moment. Um, there is an organiser there who has basically been putting on events for quite a number of years, and he's absolutely driving force in getting it to Northern Ireland. He just needs the Northern Irish government to pay the money. And then, you know, the, the uh, promoter will follow. I don't think... I don't think he, it matters to him necessarily. As long as they get a money and they'll put a quality event on, then that'll be good for them. 
If you're saying that it doesn't necessarily have such a big effect, not having a round of the World Championship in Wales, do you feel that there is a benefit to it coming back? I think, yeah, that's a good question. Never say never. I don't say it'll never come back here because, you know, Safari Rally has been out of the World Championship schedule for many years and now it's come back. So, you know, it can come back at some point, you know. Um, you know, I think that, you know, as far as motorsport's concerned, probably having more events, more different events, because another side of Wales that we've got that we haven't exploited yet is the tarmac rallying on closed public roads, which we can now do. You've got to remember that some of the stuff in mid and north Wales, I mean, there's some fabulous stuff, you know, and, and there is already talk of one or two events up in north Wales with north Wales clubs coming together to put on a whole new tarmac rally. Well, you know, go around Plakainog and Panperthog and stuff and forget about the forest. Let's just drive in the lanes around those, those forests. I mean, there's some fabulous roads up there. So, you know, we have a lot to offer, even if it's not, the World Rally Championship to give a few competitors the opportunity to compete on, we will have a lot more new events, more exciting events for competitors to uh, to drive in in Wales. And as a, a navigator or co-driver, sorry, mm. how do you prefer to be called? Oh, it doesn't matter either. You're, don't mind Yeah, well, I started as a navigator and into co-driving. Yes, so. I, yeah, again, sorry, I'm never quite sure which one to yeah. go with. How important is it to keep inspiring people to come into sport, not just as a driver, but as a navigator? Um, yeah, I think I think it is quite important still. Um, I think when sports don't promote their sport well, it suffers in the long run. Everybody that comes into the sport is doesn't know how good or how bad they'll be, you know. And I think that with um, rallying, you know, there's far fewer competitors in rallying as there would be somebody playing football or somebody playing rugby. So you need as many competitors as you can get to find the cream of the crop. And that cream of the crop would perhaps move on up the ladder through BRC, ERC, and then WRC in whichever format. And, you know, we need to find the next Elvin Evans. You know, we've already had the McCrae's, we've had the Richard Burns's, and there's been other drivers that have competed well at that level. Elvin's the next star that's on the uh, on the radar now for the next World Championship. But who's going to be the next person to take up the reins? That's where we shouldn't take our eye off the sport. We should always push as best we can to have more competitors, more events. And I'm sure that the Motorsport UK know that as well. With this year being such a disruptive year to the sport, do you think we will get as many people come back into motorsport? I think so. I think that there's a certain element of people that perhaps are struggling a little bit for money. We may lose some. Um, but from what I've seen in this business, I think you know there is still a lot of money in Britain. And once there are events for people to compete on, people will come back. And I'm sure that you know, it won't take long before we'll be back at the full speed again. James, is there anything else that I've not covered? I personally wanted to ask you if you reckon there should be a female champion at some point, but I'll come back <laughs> to it another time. You can throw that one in if you well, want. Well, to be honest, we may as well talk about that because there was, I mean, when I was competing in the World Championship, there was a ladies' World Championship for many years. Yeah. You know, because who do we have? Louise, Louise won it. Yeah, I spoke to her last week, actually. Yeah. Um, Zolda Holderreed. She was one. I forget who else has been a ladies' world champion, actually. I don't. So, obviously, you've got 
Michelle Mouton won it for France, didn't she? She won the champion, obviously. Mm-hmm. But Louise, she when did she win that? I think it was nineteen. I was with. I was with. Toyota. Was I with Toyota? No, Mitsubishi. Ninety-three, it was, because we left Lisbon because at that time, we came up from Lisbon on tarmac stages up to uh, Povoa de Varzim, just north of Porto. And you, they basically had a lot, of, they made a lot of lakes. So all these lakes appeared in valleys with dammed up and stuff. So then they cut um, roads into the side of the mountain above the lake. Remember? Oh no, that was the year she rolled. Yeah, that was the same she year. Rolled and went off she rolled and went down into the lake. Oh my goodness! That's you know, and that was that was that was. I mean, it could have happened at many places before she went off, but she was bloody lucky. At this point, me and Nikki just had a bit of a chat, so the producer James from the BBC got us back onto track. So here's the interview. What do you think are the other effects that have happened in motorsport, not just the competitors? Who else is through COVID? Yes. Um, well, I think the fact that we've not had any competition, all the small motorsport businesses have suffered. But what we mustn't forget is because we have so many national events in Wales, it's not the effect on the sport, it's on the effect of all the the local guest houses, hotels, petrol stations, shops and everything else, of all these competitors coming into a small area in Wales and spending all their money. I mean, that probably is worth you know, £500,000 an event, let's say, you know, so if you've got 10 rallies less, you know, then you're, you're, you're looking at £5 million of income into the Welsh economy. So from Wales's point of view, you know, it's, it can't be underestimated. I think Wales needs motorsport as much as motorsport needs Wales, because the two go together beautifully. And I think we should embrace it for the benefit of the sport, Welsh business and the Welsh economy. Take, take, take one answer. You've done this before, haven't you? <laughs> I'm more than happy with that. If you want to throw in you, um, should yeah. we have a female? So you said there's an era of new drivers to come through. Can you see a woman coming along and take the World Rally Championship title? Things are changing so much in the sport. I think when I started, the opportunities, there were a few more opportunities. But while we were doing more events... There was a a lot more teams competing, but they didn't necessarily have to compete on all 14 rounds. And I think the opportunities nowadays are far fewer because the sport, they say, has become too expensive. They're running on far less people, far less vehicles, far less rally cars, far less spares, but it's still way too expensive. That could have an effect on any lady wishing to get on as it would be for any youngster looking to get into the World Championship. To prove what you can do takes an awful lot of money. And, you know, you either need a very rich daddy or you need a really good sponsor. <laughs> you know, and I think, to be honest, if you've, if you've got one of those, I think more than talent, if you've got a good sponsor, he's worth far more to you than a new set of tyres because these sponsors look after them well, because they will take you to where you need to go. I think there is an opportunity for another Ladies World Champion. I think I'd like to see that championship revitalised. Personally, I feel that we don't have enough women in the sport. I mean, we have quite a few co-drivers, but when it comes to drivers, I think we could do with a lot more 
and it's there's a lot of men that's doing it but it's not a man's sport it's a people's sport and i think everybody can compete so girls if you're out there come and do some rallying with us do you think they have to have their own championship separate i know there was the ladies world championship that louise a. can walk a one mm-hmm. does it have to be a ladies title to try and encourage ladies to come into the sport or could it just be everyone can be together like it is at grassroots yeah well i think i think other than michelle mouton which obviously took the men on and beat them you know at their own game you know there's been very few that have actually been able to get the same machinery in this modern era and be able to take and compete with the men on a one-to-one basis so i think initially i think having a ladies championship is probably quite important to get it going in the first place but i think we should be having ladies championships in every level of the sport be it national level british rally championship european rally championship they seem to concentrate their efforts on juniors and on the full championship let's have a ladies championship in there let's let's give ladies and girls the opportunity to go out and compete for something do you think we're maybe too focused on looking at the next generation i mean we've got elvin at the moment nearly getting that championship title and then there's the the ages under 30 to 20 who have mm-hmm. you know they've kind of made their their mark and are doing very well mm-hmm. but we're next we're looking at the next generation after that do you think there's still actually drivers out there that should have the opportunity i think so i think so then there'll always be opportunities but i think the biggest stumbling block for everybody is the cost of the sport you know i don't there is no shortcuts you can't just unless you have got a lot of money and you can jump straight into the top level just by buying the seat you know, you've you've got to go through all your experiences. You've got to start off in a front-wheel drive car. You've got to go into a lesser car, be it an R3 or an R4 car, and then step up to an R5 car. And then by the time you've done World Championship in an R5 car, well, you can kiss a one and a half million goodbye. But then there's still no guarantees that that's enough for you to go into the next level. Because in the World Championship, you have to learn the rallies as well as the cars. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a difficult thing because it's all about money, sponsorship and sponsors. That's it, you know, I think. And that's probably something that youngsters don't work hard enough at. You know, that is vitally important. You, know, you really have to put together packages and think hard about your sponsors or prospective sponsors, what they will need, how you could promote them you know, bringing their customers into the fray, making it interest to the sponsor. That's what it's all about nowadays. And then think about what tyres, what suspension, what rallies you're going to do later. Just get the money. And that was Nikki Grist being interviewed by myself, Jay Paveley, for the BBC Wales feature, Wales Rally GB, how it's been affected by COVID. If you haven't watched the feature, do have a look. If you just type it in, BBC Sport, Wales Rally GB, uh, the feature's there, quite easy to find. Um, if you could, because I'd be really super grateful, just uh, leave a little review and give us a five-star rating on uh, whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on. That would be really amazing. If you do want to know more about my journey and what I'm up to this year, um, or have a look at what I've been doing the last last year, which is actually quite busy in the end, uh, please follow me on my social media at Motorsport. Um Thank you so much again, and I'll speak to you guys soon. Thank you to my podcast sponsors, the Forest Experience Rally School and the Motorsport Lounge.